I'm going to invite you to uh, open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 for just a moment. Uh, verse uh, 16 uh, through 18, where Paul writes, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things that are, which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For our light affliction, which is for a moment. Um, Paul is writing Second Corinthians because he is writing a group of believers that he spent a year and a half with, uh, as we read in the book of Acts. Yet they have not only been uh, carnal, but in Second Corinthians, Paul is specifically addressing their propensity to go after false teachers who are diminishing and minimizing Paul and are essentially like wolves seeking to devour the sheep. And Paul, for their benefit, is making the point that they are giving themselves over to false teachers. It is he himself who loves them and has poured himself into them. He and the guys who are with them. You saw how we were with you. We worked with our own hands. We gave ourselves over to you. But nonetheless, you continually now just put us off and, and think little of us and, and reject us in this kind of thing. Um, add to that that, you know, Paul had uh, uh, endured tons of affliction and persecution and hardship and difficulty and that kind of thing. But I like how he approaches these things. He says they're for a moment, but they are working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And he goes on to talk about looking ahead to those things which are yet to come that we will one day inherit and not simply to be fixated on the things which are now. Sometimes, and I've heard this passage sort of preached this way, where when somebody who's going through a hard time and the passage is quoted, sometimes it's quoted, uh, quoted a little bit harshly. The idea of like, oh, look, you know what? Yeah, you're going through a hard time, but just remember things are going to get better and all that. Look at what Paul had to put up with and all the things he dealt with and that kind of thing. Um, that's true. I mean, we can certainly, you know, hopefully we can glean from it something like, well, you know, man, if, if, if God gave Paul the grace to go through it, then I know he can give me the grace to go through it as well. And maybe we can learn from that. But I would... I like to key more on the motivation for this, that Paul himself experienced, and that we ourselves would adopt that same motivation. Um, the idea that these momentary, these, these afflictions are but momentary. They don't have an eternal shelf life. They will come to an end one day. Uh, they are temporary. Uh, they are not lasting. That's an important thing for us to understand, is that when we find ourselves going through excruciatingly difficult circumstances. And I'm, I'll assume that you've gone through some in your life. I've gone through some in my life as a believer. That to know that they're not forever, they might feel impossible right now, a weight that can't be lifted, a, a stone that can't be moved, a trial that can't be overcome. But we need to understand that that in Christ, we, we know that there is actually an end to these things, that it's not going to be forever. Uh, it's not going to be like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill forever and then it rolling back down and having to do it all over again. That's his punishment for his, his hell for all eternity. That's not true for a believer. They're momentary. That's not just a, a nice sort of snappy euphemism to sort of, you know, make us feel bad for feeling bad. But rather instead, it's truth. There is a shelf life to our um, our difficulties, our hardships. They will end one day. And we can know that with a certainty. The scriptures seem to imply that right here. 
We also know that they're working out for us a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. A far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory? Far more than what? Than if we hadn't gone through them. Uh, There is something to be said for knowing that God does not waste even a moment in our lives. There's no time, no circumstance, no situation that God is not using to essentially work out for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Uh, We don't go to a different heaven. We don't get a better seat at the table, all that kind of stuff. But what it means is, is that the, the weight of, or the, um, you know, the value of that, which is yet to come is made so much more clear to us in those times when we find ourselves struggling, we find ourselves going through these momentary afflictions. Now, remember, Paul went through a lot of afflictions. The, uh, the afflictions he's immediately referring to would very specifically be uh, the fact that this body of believers in Corinth was basically rejecting him in favor of these false teachers that were essentially devouring them. Uh, Paul, who had given himself to them for a year and a half, had written now two letters to them out of deep and abiding love for them and their well-being. Uh, he's been rejected by them, and that is killing him. But he says, okay, this is this is just for now, but there is something extraordinary being worked out by God through this. We can know that both there's a time limit. One day we'll be in heaven. None of this stuff will, will, be, will weigh on us anymore. But secondly, there's also value in it that God builds into that. As a believer, we can be privy to that kind of thinking, to understand that it's 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 much like we often quote when we quote places like Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Um, God is working these things out for us, uh, for his glory, but he's working them out in us and for us with good purpose in mind. We can understand that even the hardest of circumstances has value when seen as an instrument, a tool in the hand of the master builder. And they're exceed- working out a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Uh, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but rather at the things that are not seen. Uh, the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen, these are the eternal things that we look forward to in hope. Hope, again, not being something that is uncertain and unsure in our time, but rather a hope that is certain, and it's just a matter of time until we see it come ultimately to its fulfillment. What is that hope? Well, listen to what Paul has to say here in the opening verses of chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house, that is, this tent is destroyed, uh, we have a building from God eternal in the ha- uh, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent, this body of flesh, we groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but rather further clothed, that our mortality may be swallowed up. By life. Now, he who has this or has uh, prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee, so that we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, but we walk by faith and not by sight, and we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Um, this is the wonderful great hope of the believer. Paul spoke about this great hope in more detail. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where we're changed in a moment, in an instant, and we're given glorified bodies fit for heaven and this kind of thing, uh, we see the scriptures speaking about that which is to come and that being the anchor that we ultimately uh, tether to. 
Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God, not content to necessarily be um, living only for this life, but what is yet to come. And so when we find ourselves going through afflictions, and we will, and we do, we want to recognize them in their context. There's always a context. And as believers, followers of Christ, we understand what that context is. We don't have to hope that God is doing something through this, that somehow he's going to use us, I hope. No, we know that he's using these things to work out in us a far more exceeding weight of glory. There is value and there is benefit in difficulties, whatever they may be, whether it be through rejection from others or physical maladies or whether it be circumstances, whatever it might be. God is, in fact, using those things to build us into something greater and to build something in us that is more lasting than if he did not use that. Now, again, this is a hard saying, but this is something that believers can embrace fully with confidence. The assurance that God has not lost control, but rather is so in control that he's using even that which would seem so completely adverse to us, but is even able to turn that around and do something good. Um, Case in point, in um, 2 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about the thorn in the flesh he was given and how he pleaded with the Lord three times to take it from him. But the Lord said, no, my my grace is uh, sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Well, Paul learned the lesson from this that was so important. And he said, well, if that's the case, then I will constantly welcome these kinds of afflictions and such because I will give God a chance to show himself strong. Let it come then. If that's the good that's going to come from it, that far outweighs what I perceive as being bad in my circumstance right now. This is a very, very important lesson for a mature believer to get their mind around. Um, It is not in God's will and purposes to spare us any difficulty, hardship, again, whether it be circumstances or physical issues or anything like that. God's intention is that we grow to maturity, that we grow further and further apart to Christ, who is willing to say to his Father, not my will, but yours be done. You accomplish your purposes through me. Paul would say, I was bought at a price, and therefore I will glorify God with my body. Um, The understanding that I am not just a tool in his hand, but I'm thankful to be a tool in his hand. I'm grateful for the privilege of being that whom God would use to accomplish something he wants to accomplish, not only out there, but even in me personally. And so I'm thankful to know that because it gives me the confidence that God is still in control. I'm thankful to know that because it means that if if I'm willing to, I can perceive this circumstance, this illness, this situation I'm finding myself in as being something that God can use for good. And I want the good that God can work these things out for. So these light afflictions are that when seen in their proper context, no matter how bad they are, in their proper context, they become tools in the hand of the master builder, chiseling away at things that uh, that ultimately finally bring to light that which in us that he's ultimately doing. So my hope for you is that um, if you find yourself in that kind of a circumstance, whether it's right now or someday down the road, that you'd remember this passage and understand it for what it says. Not to simply see it as a pithy little, you know, sort of spiritual anecdote for a bad attitude or something. This is a way to turn lemons into lemonade. So much greater than that. This is actually 
delving deep into the heart of God to 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 plumb some of the ideas that have to do with His hands upon us and His purposes for us. Uh, God help us to have a heart like Paul and the wisdom of Paul to see these things for what they are, and that we would not see them as evidence of you not caring or forsaking or turning away from us, but rather to recognize that you are working out something within us, something that is even a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So, Father, we thank you that uh, there is nothing that can come our way that is not ultimately used by you to accomplish a purpose within us that requires that uh, circumstance, requires that situation for you to accomplish that purpose. Our desire is not to flee from that which you're doing, but to grow to maturity and embrace it. Uh, we know that, Lord, at the end of the day, you will be glorified, whether it's you know through, through me, through someone else, or however you choose to do it. But I want it to be me. I want it... We all want it to be us that you use, that you might be glorified. So thank you for your grace. Thank you that you are working out a far more uh, exceeding and great weight of glory for us. We pray that we would grow to maturity, that we might see these things for what they are and embrace them. And Father, we thank you and praise you that you've called us into a relationship where you reveal such truths to us and help us gain a perspective and a context through which to live life even when it's difficult. We love you, Lord, and we thank you and praise you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.